early investors, they avoid a lot of these costs and they're like, well, you know, upkeep's not going to be 5% a year and yeah. I'm going to manage it myself. So I'm going to save that 10% yeah. and, and this and that. And you start justifying all these reasons why your cash flow is going to be way more than it's actually going to be more, yeah. more often than not. Yeah. And that's a perfect example of cost avoidance syndrome is basically saying, mm -hmm. well, you know, I'm just going to avoid these things because I don't want to think about them or I don't think it's going to happen. This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Do you have cost avoidance syndrome? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Wealth Breakdown, where we break down ideas, thoughts, and quotes from around the world to help you live a more intentional life. And you want to break down what this question even means? Well, it's basically saying, do you avoid the true cost of something? And you know, hmm. we talk a lot about uh, lost opportunity costs and, and really the true cost or the true cost of paying cash. And there's, this can relate to so many different things. And the two things I want to talk about are cars and investment properties. And, you know, if you look at a car, let's say it was going to be a $30,000 car. Well, there's a lot of other costs that go into just, you know, just that $30,000 car. And I think a lot of people just look at the price tag and completely mm -hmm. avoid all the other things that come yep. into it, whether it's insurance, whether it's taxes, whether it's registration fees. We actually went through this in buying a car a couple of years ago. The Colorado uh, way of, of registration taxes is completely different than Wisconsin. Yeah. And they actually do it by weight. So yeah. with, with a Tesla, what didn't work out so no, hot. We're not in luck. And yeah. it's not it's not that we were avoiding that. We just didn't know. Yeah. And in a lot of respects, that's the same thing as like not knowing is, is half the battle. But there's so many other factors that go into this, just the price of the car. Well, you know, as as Dave Anderson would like to say, is you could get a used car. Totally. Right. And he would, he would love to help you do that. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, so what if, what if you could get a, a used car a couple of years older and pay $20,000? Right. Well, you have all those same things involved as well. And it's like, you could very easily say, well, I, I'm saving $10,000. So then all this other stuff doesn't really matter. Right. So again, you're avoiding that cost. Okay. Then like a lease, there, there's more leases now than there ever has been before. Right. Because people think that, it, well, it's only $300 a month. And Again, in a lot of cases, they're not reading the fine print that there's upfront mm -hmm. costs, there's costs to, you know, how much, how much mileage you have, there's costs right. with wear and tear. And that too is like, a lot of people are looking at this and they're saying, well, I can afford a, a nicer car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have a unique thought process as we talk. What are you thinking? I, I'm thinking that it, it really comes down to how you measure and, and really it's not necessarily that a lease is bad. It's not necessarily that uh, renting is bad. It's not necessarily that using financing to buy a car is bad. It's it's the what what timeline are we measuring? Because you could make the argument if you're just looking at this one year, a lease could be the best way to drive a car versus even buying a used car mm -hmm. because you're you're going out of pocket for a used car, but you're paying uh, an, a, a monthly payment. And so if you're just if you're if you just have a one year time frame, then then like you just have to be honest, like wh what's the most efficient way for that one year time frame? I think what we're trying to do is help people look out over their lifetime, look out over generational, uh, like a generational timeline and say, what what decision do you can you make today? And what are what's the true cost? And you have to really factor in opportunity costs to that because opportunity costs pretty much measures what you could have done um, with with money, with opportunity, with control. And so that's where where a lease may make sense in year one. If you zoom out 45 years, you might be better off doing this decision, but really you have to not only have a timeline, but you have to have something that you're aiming for. 
Yeah, and, and so. exactly what you're saying is like making that decision today and avoiding the calculation or, or not knowing what's yeah. going on is could be really detrimental. And I actually had this my own experience with this with an investment property a number of years ago is I actually had a, a spreadsheet mm. that broke down all the different things of what it would take. And and you know, I think actually it came from bigger pockets where they basically detailed all the different things that you should factor in mm. on what you're actually going to cash flow on this yep. investment property. It's basically taking you know what you can get it for what you think you can rent it for and right. then putting in things like, are you going to have it managed, um, upkeep costs, things yeah. like that. And early investors, they avoid a lot of these costs and they're like, well, you know, upkeep's not going to be 5% a year and yeah. I'm going to manage it myself. So I'm going to save that 10% yeah. and, and this and that, and you start justifying all these reasons why your cash flow is going to be way more than it's actually going to be more, yeah. more often than not. Yep. And that's a perfect example of cost avoidance syndrome is basically saying, mm. well, you know, I'm just going to avoid these things because I don't want to think about them or I don't think it's going to happen. I get it. Yeah. And that can be really, really damaging. And so whether it's buying a car, whether it's an investment property, whether it's anything that has to do with money, yeah. quite honestly, whether it's you're putting money into an investment account. Are you just avoiding yeah. the fact that there's a 4% That's a good fee? point. Yeah, and, and really what you're saying is stop being cheap in areas that you shouldn't be cheap in. Mm -hmm. and, and in other words, like do your research, actually understand what's going on. And that's a, per that's a perfect example. We, there's a lot of investors that get into something and it's just like they just don't, they don't do the time because they really want it. Um, I also have a story on this. When I was working at the bank, this, the president of the bank at the time was, was mentoring me. I wanted to buy storage units and all this stuff. And I was, you know, knew a lot about leverage and kind of stuff. So I was, I was trying to like talk about how the longest term I could get um, to keep the payments down low and to cash flow. And he said, Caleb, that's great. Like you, we definitely can go through that. But it's my now like he's took off his president hat and put on more of like the mentor hat. He said, if you're going to do investing, I always recommend people make it work with lower terms. Not necessarily that you have to do that. But it, it's like it really bad things happen when you're just like when the spreadsheet is just squeaking out. It's like there there's a lot of things that could go wrong, especially when you're first getting started. And that that example could could be used across the board on whether you're buying a car, whether you're buying a house. Can you afford the house payment? Maybe. Well, well, it's like it goes back to the the million dollar question that we ask um, or ask or, or state is the saying like just because you can quote unquote afford it doesn't mean you should have it. And debt may put you in a position where you're worse off. And so I love this. I think it's a, a better thought experiment and really just asking yourself, like, where am I being cheap in areas? Where am I avoiding costs that, that actually factor into now and in the future? Um, I think opportunity cost is like a factor of like every missed decision today compounds over your lifetime. Yeah, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head with that idea of mentorship because a lot of times the cost avoidance is going to happen when you're a new investor or a new purchaser yeah. of something. When like I think of a biz, somebody who buys and sells businesses for their job, yep. they're not going to just avoid all these things. They're going right. to come in with a checklist of all these things. This is what needs to be ordered. This this is what needs to be in order, so on and so forth. And they're going to scrutinize everything with a fine tooth comb. And I love what you said of like we should be able to stress test this with poor terms and it work out, and then just make it better yep. by by being able to negotiate the terms. So again, it's it's identifying those areas of of where where are those costs that you may be avoiding that you need to factor in? Yeah. Because the true cost of things is generally a lot more than what they are at face value. 100%. Anything else that you want to add? That's it. Keep being intentional. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.